Hey there, SLP. You are listening to this podcast, so I know that you love to listen to podcasts. And if that is the case, then I know that you are going to love my secret private podcast, Secondary Secrets for SLPs. It's six short episodes that will have you walking away feeling refreshed and inspired and ready to take on those challenging secondary speech students. So if you work with grades four through 12 and are in a planning rut or wanting some fresh new ideas to keep your students motivated, make sure you head to speechtimefun.com slash secondary secrets. You are not going to find this podcast in your iTunes podcast search browser. You can only get access by going to that link. So head to it now. It is six short episodes that you can listen to it in under an hour, like totally Netflix binge-worthy. I made this just for you, and I know you are going to love it. SLPs have been telling me already that it has changed their way for working with their older speech students. So head on over, again, to speechtimefund.com slash secondarysecrets, or use the link in the show notes, and I can't wait to hear what you think. Now let's head on to this week's episode of SLP Coffee Talk. Are you sick and tired of professional development that isn't relevant to you in the field as being a school-based SLP or an SLP that works with school-aged children? I hear you. I've been there too. I've sat through countless amounts of professional development where I walked away saying, that was great if I worked with one student or that would be great if X, Y, and Z. And that is why I created the Speech Retreat Conference. And I'm so excited to let you know that tickets are on sale now for our July 17th Speech Retreat. You don't want to miss this amazing professional development that has provided practical and relevant information for school-based SLPs for the last couple of years. Join the thousands of other SLPs tuning in each time we provide sessions that are hand-selected based on your preferences and your requests. We're going to be talking all about literacy-based for older students, life skills for high school kids, working with the special ed team, pushing in, IEPs and goal writing, and so much more. So get excited and head on over to speechretreat.com to grab your ticket today. You don't want to miss out because we are already giving away tons of prizes in our exclusive Facebook group. So don't wait, sign up right away so you can join that Facebook group and join in on the fun and celebrate being an awesome SLP that you are and get ready to learn so much information on July 17th. Can tune in live, make sure you sign up ahead of time so you get access to all of the recordings. You can only get access to it if you sign up beforehand. So make sure you head to speechretreat.com to grab your ticket today. Now on to today's episode. You are listening to SLP Coffee Talk. I am your host, Hallie Sherman, and I am a licensed speech-language pathologist who is in the trenches working full-time in a public school in New York. I'm the author of the blog and Teachers Pay Teachers store, Speech Time Fun, where I love helping other SLPs conquer the overwhelm and get back hours spent on prepping activities. 
I am here to help you be the best SLP you can be and have fun while doing it. Just like your morning cup of coffee, this podcast is just what you need to start the day or week. Let's jump into today's Coffee Talk. And welcome to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. Your SLP podcast is all about giving you that inspiration you need on a Monday morning. And I am so excited to have Marie from Thanks Morris here to talk all about keeping positive in this crazy SLP world we live in. So welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I just realized my Zoom name still says Miss M. I meant to change that. So, <laughs> well, what were you doing today? No, <laughs> right? Hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Gotta love the Zoom days that we never know. Like sometimes my daughter will use it for school, and like I'll, I'll have like my like a virtual background that I was using, and she's now all of a sudden she's like having like a speech thing behind her. I'm, whatever it is, what it is. So tell yeah. everyone a little bit about you and your SLP journey to how you got here now. Yes, I am in my fourth year post-graduating. It's, I'm at the point, I've been saying this a lot, I'm at the point where I don't know how many years it's been since I've graduated, <laughs> but I am a preschool speech-language pathologist for a public school district, and I went to the University of Redlands. I'm in Southern California. I guess I should say that too. I went to University of Redlands, which was an amazing program, and I had a great time, and I went right into um, my CF in the district that I did my my externship in. So I kept my, I got, I got really blessed. I know sometimes that could be a stressful part of the whole CF thing is finding a supervisor and everything, but mine rolled right into, my externship supervisor rolled right into being my BFY mentor. And that year, my first year in the public school district, I was an elementary school SLP. So I worked with transitional kindergartners all the way to fifth graders. And I was split between two school sites, which was not ideal. I know many SLPs do it for years on end throughout their career. And some like it, some like the variety. I was not one of those people. It was really hard, especially I think during a CF year to handle the time management of just being a clinical fellow, let alone also having, Mm -hmm. you know, two different teams to work with um, and schedule and I was uh, given at both the sites I was at, I just happened to be given all the little ones. So I was given the transitional kindergarten to about first grade at both sites because one, I wanted them, but the other SLPs at those sites liked the older kids. So it kind of worked out. I got to dip my toe in the water of having those younger kids to work with. I didn't know we had a preschool program on, in my district yet, but the opportunity came up towards the end of my first year in the district to transfer over to the preschool program because there was an opening. And I said, sure, I'll do it. Why not? I love working with the little ones. And so after I said yes, I was told that our preschool program, which is a full inclusion preschool program, would be, you know, consisting of children anywhere from a mild speech delay or, um, you know, articulation disorder to more severe, you know, more impacted, bigger team members, you know, and, and basically have a range of um, needs that I was not familiar with. And so I got really nervous and was like, I don't know, I might be doing these kids a disservice because I'm really new to the field. And I, I don't know if I made the right decision because this is, it just sounds like, you know, I, I'm unprepared. But, you know, luckily I had 
a great team behind me. I also had, you know, supportive family and everybody that was like, you could do this. Like, you're going to learn as you go, you know, kind of everybody telling me like to stop overthinking it and just enjoy the time, enjoy the learning experience. But it definitely felt like basically my CF year felt really long because I was now in a whole new setting and I didn't really um, have time to acclimate to the elementary school setting, but it was the best yes I've ever said because I love being a preschool SLP. I never, you know, I don't see myself wanting to leave the preschool setting anytime soon. I love the inclusion program. I think it's, you know, I wish all of the grade levels in my district would adopt more inclusive practices into their classrooms. It's just, you know, I love the collaboration that I get to do with teachers. And now virtually I get to do it with parents, which has been really fun and doing more parent education and parent coaching. So that's kind of my journey in a nutshell. I mean, I'm sure there's more details that could go into that. But yeah, it's a really, really happy place for me. What got you to then, before I even go back to my other thought, but like what got you to then start hopping on Instagram and showcasing your personality behind (laughs) SLPU and creating what you create for SLPs? I think it, well, it was actually during that first year as a preschool SLP. I always had the idea as far as Instagram goes, when I graduated grad school, I got a little bit more into photography in the sense of like, I just want to play around with editing and photos and, oh, there's this cool app called Instagram. Sure. I'll throw my photos up there and see if people like it. And I didn't get a lot out of that. Like personally, the value of just doing that wasn't, wasn't really there for me, but Obviously, during a clinical fellowship, that was not, I mean, not obviously, because there are clinical fellows that are like pros at this Instagram thing. And I'm like, <laughs> how do you have the time? But <laughs> I didn't have time to eat or sleep, let alone. <laughs> I'm like, but props to them. I mean, it is, there is something about it. Like, even though like the last year for me has been crazy and, you know, this school year has been so busy based on, you know, just with relearning everything. I will say that it's been a nice outlet to have Instagram now that I know kind of what I'm mm-hmm. using it for. And that idea of, like sharing like the gratitude stuff and all the, you know, just um, the uplifting more self-love awareness types of things kind of came through that first, like towards the end of my first year as a preschool SLP, because I kind of learned like, you know, we have to like find the ways to enjoy this. I, that first year in the preschool program, I really like, like, I really felt like I honed in on my why, I guess, so to speak, as far as why I'm an SLP pushed me in ways I didn't even think I could get pushed after grad school, you know, and just teaching me that there's, there's always going to be learning that we're doing and things are going to be challenging, change is going to happen. So kind of why not ride that wave? Another thing that I was doing at the time that I had started doing during my clinical fellowship actually was comedy improv, which helped me get out of my head a lot. And so I think I felt more confident in sharing things on social media and just showing who I was and making the connections that I've been able to make with you and so many others now with that confidence boost that I had. And I think that's played into my role as an SLP as well. I love that. I love that. And I love that you realized that so early on in your career. What tips would you give to someone who's, whether they're new or a veteran saying, I always struggle to remember my why? What would you say to them? My biggest thing, I actually was just talking about this with somebody the other day is, well, I guess this kind of comes before remembering it, but I always am like in those moments that you're enjoying your time with your students, or if you've just had an IEP meeting or some, you know, um, 
a progress reporting moment where you're like this child or this client is really meeting their goals or they made me laugh, like whatever it is, maybe take a moment and write it down. I was talking with another clinical fellow a couple months ago because she had just started her clinical fellowship and she texted me and was like, oh my gosh, it's been a couple of weeks. And my, the four-year-old that I'm working with finally said my name, like, you know, it took some time for him to warm up to her or something like that. And I was like, write it down. Like, I'm glad you told me because it's those moments that you want to kind of be able to look back on when things do get challenging because they, they do. And I would say, yeah, I mean, you know, and then there's the other half of it where it's like, but in those moments that are challenging, sometimes it's hard for me to shift my mindset, you know, and I think in those moments, it's just like having that self-awareness and and kind of finding ways that you can ground yourself that then lead into remembering your why. And I mean, I know sometimes I feel like I, I don't want to be too preachy about it or whatever, but I talk a lot about gratitude and that's kind of why, because for me personally, taking time to sit and start by reflecting the things I'm grateful for, even if it has nothing to do with work, but I had a really, let's say I had a bad day at work. If I can sit and reflect on that, most of the time now, because I've made it a consistent practice for myself, I can start to think of, oh yeah, it was really fun when my student laughed like so hard at me because, you know, I was playing a game with my, um, you know, go-go speech or whatever it was in my background, you know, he laughed. Great. Like, I think it's the little moments that I, I tell people they should remember because sometimes that's, they add up so greatly. Mm-hmm. I just didn't say that like, we're just so quiet and refuse to like show any sort of energy. And I seriously, cause I'm still in person. I got up and I did the floss and I don't even know the name of the other one. When you do like, I'm, I'm, I'm humming the fist and kicking my leg. I don't, I know there's a name to it. It's like, a, it's not the dab, but it's like a, I don't know. It's another move. And they were cracking up at me. And these are like 10, 11 year olds. And I was like, you know what? This is why I do what I do because they're now going to remember that moment when Mrs. Sherman got up and did the floss and other random moves that they see yeah. like on like TikTok. <laughs> yeah. And, and you bring up a good point too, because it's like, if you have those, like, even if you're in like this stagnant state for a while, it's like, okay, well maybe you can brainstorm ways that you can just make it fun. I think that's something that I have make a very conscious effort to do. I mean, even I'll say it in an IEP meeting, like Sometimes it's so heavy and we don't even, sometimes like, obviously there are emotions and I'm very considerate. I understand, you know, depending on what's going on and what's being said, there could be a certain level of grief or, you know, just concern that parents have. But at the end of the day, these are connections that I'm making because I care about this like family and Mm -hmm. their children. And I, you know, if it is an IEP where I feel comfortable or, you know, we can kind of lighten the mood if it's appropriate, I like to just maybe make a joke or, you know, talk about one thing I like to do is talk about when their child did something that made me laugh. Mm -hmm. Because I think parents like hearing, like, I think the sense of humor thing, especially for preschoolers, it's really exciting when we see them develop that sense of humor. So when I can bring things up and the parent can laugh and we can all just have a moment where we share that fun, it makes it all kind of worth it. Like, because those connections come from that, I think. And I wonder if everyone listening, like she is smiling right now as she is saying this, like this is like true from the heart, like statements <laughs> right now. <laughs> I have to put that disclaimer out there. Aww. I would love for you to reflect more on that, what you do in those moments when, when it, things do get tough and mm-hmm. when you're not sure if you're going to get that report done in time or you had a parent yell at you or whatever it might be. What are some tips you can give to someone who's struggling to 
reground and refocus themselves? I think the main thing is, and it's tough because I think all of us, we, we like for the most part, 99% of the SLPs I've met, we're very altruistic. We, we're very caring. We take emotions home with us. I did it last week when I had a session where, you know, a family member had passed away and, and I was told, I didn't know nobody. I wasn't told by the teachers that that's, you know, what was going on in the family. It's we're, always to, we're always the last ones to know about it. Oh, <laughs> I know. And so I'm in the session with the preschooler and the family member that was working with this little one, you know, just said it because I had asked how things were that week. Like I always start my sessions off, you know, so it's definitely hard. I definitely for the rest of that day felt really out of sorts. And I think sometimes it takes time. Like if a parent, if somebody yells at you, you have an angry client. I've had angry clients, um, you know, when I was in the hospital setting in grad school and I had to learn kind of like, you know, sometimes people say things and it, it doesn't always, it's not always a personal thing where we come from a very helpful place. And so it, you just have to have good self-talk. So even if you're still thinking about something that happened at 9am at 9pm before you go to bed, that's okay. Like my biggest thing is don't be hard on yourself for still feeling kind of negatively, but at least allow yourself the time to sit with it, to work through it. So that way you can kind of get to a place where you can either talk about it with somebody. I'm very blessed. And I highly recommend if you have a good team to collaborate with, share those things that are affecting you because that support from the team members that are working maybe with like I have teachers that they're working with that child towards the same goals or working together. And if I'm having a hard time, maybe they can offer some support to me. Um, even if it's just the validation that I'm doing, you know, the best that I can do, because sometimes me telling myself that might not be enough. I try to make it enough um, because I do try to sit and tell myself like, you know, don't take this personally and things like that. When, when it comes to, you know, I have this report to do, I have five reports to do. How's it all going to get done? I think my biggest thing is like t- literally taking it one step at a time, um, find the strategies that work for you, but trust that it's going to get done. I think I wish somebody had told me that in my clinical fellowship, like to trust that it was going to get done. Cause I stressed out a lot over writing the perfect goal and And, you know, all these things that, um, you know, I look back and I'm like, I don't even remember who that was for. I remember all my students, but, you know, it's just like, I don't remember why I spent so much time focusing on things that, you know, it all worked out. The child made progress. And so it just takes time. So true. And I'd love to uh, touch on that a little bit because I find often that we tend to overthink, especially when it comes to goal writing. And, Mm -hmm. and even deciding on what game to pick that day or what goal to focus on that day. And our minds can go a million places, which prevents us from actually doing. So what advice would you give to someone who's struggling to just go with their gut? And that's where, you know, and I think that I put my preschool hat on for this one, um, maybe a little bit. I'm trying to think like, okay, but when I would work in middle school, I would do this. And when I work in preschool, a big thing for me is if I can't think of like the perfect thing, maybe for planning a session, I just am like, okay, well today I'm going to follow the child's lead and I'm going to see what they want to do. And sometimes that has helped me in a, when I'm like, let's say it's like a day where I have an IEP meeting and then I, I know I have to finish this report and then I have sessions. Now, when you're in person, that following the child's lead thing is a lot easier. It's mm-hmm. really hard for me to not have something at least kind of in my mind planned virtually mm-hmm. um, because we got to keep them engaged and we got to get them engaged from the get-go. 
But I definitely think even when I worked in the middle school setting, you know, I had a hard time. We had back-to-back sessions and I had to run like 30, yeah, 30 minute sessions. Cause now I'm at 20 minutes. It's just so interesting how it's like 20 minutes is nothing. (laughs) (laughs) You just said hi and now you're saying goodbye. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But, um, you know, just like we, those back-to-back sessions and not having, you know, you have an artic group, then you have a language group, then you have a social skills group. And it's like, I can't do the same thing with all of them. So that's where, you know, the improvising skills really came in. And I learned that the better, like the more I improvise, the more fun we ended up having. If I focus so much on the planning, most of the time, it never went the way I planned. And I started out my career as a very type A, it all has to go perfectly. This goal has to be written perfectly. Like in my head, you can't change it in the meeting. No, no, that's not okay. And so I've gotten out of that through just the practice of letting it, like literally letting it go. Literally like Elsa. <laughs> yeah, literally. Like it's just, I would tell myself before a session, if I didn't have it all planned, it's okay. Like, you know, it, it, is the kid going to know that I didn't have it planned? No, they don't and, know it didn't go as planned. Like they don't know. They don't know. And you know what was really great when I got into the preschool setting was if I like had an idea because I'm like, I know we need to target his yes, no questions today. So maybe like maybe I can pull out a couple things like that he really likes. Great. But then I would go to get him and I always would sing with them on the walk to the speech room. And so, you know, while we're walking and we're singing, I might think of five different things that we could have done instead of what I pulled out on a whim. and. So even giving myself like that grace of knowing like, eh, I'll figure it out. It sounds so anti what I learned in grad school, mm-hmm. but it just is what, and it, and it works differently for everybody. One of my really good speech pathologist friends, like she plans it and it, you know, if she, like she's good at planning it and knowing how to modify. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I plan it, I might not think of all the 500 different ways I can use it. I'm better at it now, but I just sometimes I'm like, no, we're going to see what you want to do today. If I can't think of that, all those 500 different ways to do it in case we need to modify. So it just, you just let it go. You like, I don't know. So true. So true. Like, you know, we've been going back and forth and being virtual and in person, just dealing Mm. with like different quarantines and different things like that. But I had a group that was this virtual thing still new to us. And they, I had all these things planned and all they wanted to do was play with the virtual backgrounds. I'm like, you know what? Let's go with it. Let's make yeah. stories up about where you like one of the backgrounds on Google Meet is of like a camper in like uh, I was like, let's make up a story about you camp. Like we went with it. We were able yeah. to meet goals. Was that my plan? No. Did the kids know that I totally threw out the plan? No. Yeah. Did they have fun? Yeah. yeah. Did we work on speech goals? Yeah. Like who cares? I've had yeah. kids show me outside their window. They showed me pets. Like done. Like like. Why not talk to the dog? Practice. Tell the dog what to do. Like <laughs> tell the yeah. dog how to move his tongue for his R sound. Like, yeah. Why not go with it? Yeah. It's so. It just. It's so empowering when you get to that point where you're like, it's gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I do the same thing even now. Like sometimes I'll get on. You know, I'm now. It's really back to back for me. So it does. My time is better spent just getting on and singing a song and kind of go, you know, doing the same thing I would do if I'm in person, like kind of going through my brain, like, okay, he seems really intrigued by, you know, the ducks today in this song. So we're going to keep doing that. Now I'm going to pull up my water background. We're going to talk about all the things that are in water. Like it's just, you know, and then I had a kid the other day, I was doing my 
I have the Play Spark toys belt background and I have my felt pieces and all the same food items, you know, and one of my little four-year-olds was like, you don't have any new food, you know? And I was like, you're right. It's all the same food that we've been using for months now. And (laughs) your food selection is getting kind of boring. (laughs) Yeah. And so then he was like, well, can we go to the grocery store? I was like, Yep. And so I was like, let's sing a song, you know? So while we're singing the song, I'm on Google, like get in the background for the grocery store. But it was so good. Cause like out of, out of even just that five minutes of us going to the grocery store, there's so much language. We talked about what you could do at the grocery store and you don't even, and that was the thing. It was like a really horrible picture. It was like all pixelated. He didn't care. He thought like, Oh, Miss M is on top of it. She I'm sure. And parents are probably like, dang, she's awesome. <laughs> Oh they're like, how did she do that so fast? Like, <laughs> she planned that? Wow. Right? Did she expect him to ask that question? Do you have any other like improv tips or tricks to help someone who's like, I don't know how to think on the spot like that? I'm sure you probably have some like go-to strategies. Know, and I've never really thought about, I like this question because it's like, it's pushing me to think about how do I actually use my improv and therapy on the day. And one of them is that it's, it's that whole like improv is, every, you know, the yes and world where you say yes, and you add information, which I think is so perfect, especially for early language, like speech sessions, because you always want to add information for these kids. And, you know, if we're talking about apples, you don't just say, yeah, apple, it's red. You say, oh, an apple. And we pick it from a tree. You can make apple pie. If you had apple pie, like you can add so much to the context of things. And that's what mm-hmm. I love to do. So I think that that's something that like, again, it goes back to that. If the child's really interested in this one thing and wants you to pull up a grocery store background, say yes, because you're going to get way more language out of doing the things that they want to do. And that's how an improv scene is. If you say yes, that scene is probably going to be very good because you both agree and you're adding all this information. Another thing, um, a huge tip for any SLP, whether you're working with peds to adults is enthusiasm. And I think improv has given me that gift. I'm like, even in grad school, before I started improv, I was very enthusiastic when it came to my clients, but I think it gave me like this boost of confidence, whether it's in IEP meetings, whether it's in sessions, like it, there's kind of always this voice now in my head when I'm not enthusiastic, like when I get the after lunch kids and I have a lull of energy, like a, a decrease <laughs> of energy and I'm like in my head, I can hear you're not being enthusiastic enough. And so I'm like over the top probably, but that. So true. I was doing the floss today. It was my first yes. group after lunch. <laughs> yeah. See, and it probably, and it, it's like, it gives us the boost we need too. I think that enthusiasm that like just the, the energy of like, I want to have a good time. If I do nothing in a session, but make these kids smile and laugh, I'm a happy SLP. Like I'm probably happier than if, you know, they were grouchy, but they said all their, they did all their yes, no trials. Like I'd rather them be enjoying it and engaged and us having a good time, because I think that's what, that's where communication, like that's where those skills really flourish is when we're enjoying our communication and our interactions with each other. I love that. I hope everyone listening is now feeling like a little bit more inspired and like ready to just go into these crazy sessions and crazy days that we have and just think positively and remembering your why and remembering that your students don't know that things didn't go as planned and not take ourselves too seriously sometimes. Um, and I love that. And that like, there's so many great tips that we shared today that also just, it will get done. 
If we can yeah. always remember those things that our students don't know didn't go as planned, it'll always get done. Remember our whys, keeping that why folder, that why journal, and always being enthusiastic and keeping that smile on our face, even when we don't want to. Mm-hmm. It'll help our students just have the best day ever and will have the best day ever. So yeah. thank you so, so much. Where can everyone learn more about you and what you have to offer? Um, you can find me on Instagram at thanks Morris. That's more, it's all one word. Morris has two R's and one S. <laughs> it's in the show notes, so not to worry. Oh, perfect. perfect, perfect. <laughs> and then my website, thanksmorris.com. I'm breaking into TikTok. We'll see how that goes, but that's also the same as my Instagram handle. Her reels are so uh, good. So I'm assuming her TikTok is going to be even amazing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, yeah, and basically they're kind of the same content. It's like Instagram right now likes me more than TikTok, I will say, but that's okay. I don't, I'm just, I'm just like putting it out there. I'm like, oh, this is a new platform for everybody. Here we go. I also do have a podcast. It's the Thanks Morris podcast. Thank you so, so much. And I always end my episodes with a joke since I think humor is a great way to start speech sessions. I always start them with my students. So what did one campfire say to the other? I don't know. Shall we go out tonight? (laughs) That's a good one. I love it. Um, I, I really thought about it when my students this week were, you know, camping and their, you know, campers as they're. Google me background. So if was, the camping was on my mind. So yeah. thank you so much, Marie, for thank joining you. me here on the SLP Coffee Talk podcast. And everyone, I hope you have an amazing day, an amazing week, and stay out of trouble. Are you looking for more practical and relevant professional development from someone actually in the trenches? Are you sick and tired of sitting through pointless workshops and conferences not relevant to you as a speech-language pathologist? Make sure you check out Speech Time Fun PD, short mini courses filled with practical ideas you can actually use right away. Each mini course comes with free bonus Teachers Pay Teachers resources so that you can use these ideas and activities right away without needing to prep anything new. Enroll today at speechtimefun.com slash courses. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. You can find all of the links and information mentioned in this episode at www.speechtimefun.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss any future episodes. While you are there, it would mean the world to me if you would take a few seconds and leave me an honest review. See you next week with another episode full of fun, and inspiration from one SLP to another. Have fun, guys.